0: Welcome back to Success with Style. I'm Rob Giardinelli, along with my co-host, Lance Avery Morgan. We are here today with the wonderful Jill Skinner, and we are back talking about her time in the music business, working for legendary music producer Irving Azoff. So, Jill, when you had all of those legendary musicians walking in and out of the office all day, every day, which ones really affected and impacted and influenced your style?
1: Oh my gosh, I'll never forget one day when Diana Ross walked in and she had no makeup on. Her hair was just this long, beautiful, curly, kind of wavy down her back. She had a white pantsuit on. I don't even recall any jewelry, just very simple and the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life. And well, I honestly don't think she's ever looked better than that moment.
2: Right. Yeah. Well, she was at her peak then. Remember, we saw her perform at Universal. We did. Uh-huh. And then, you know, I interviewed her years later, and we've both been big fans of hers. Right. But, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it just shows that you don't need a lot of bling, right? Even. Uh,
1: well, she certainly doesn't. And no I, way. I just remember thinking, wow, you know. I've always loved tailored clothing. Um, you know, I have a very thin frame, so tailored clothing does better for me than maybe some of the more
2: curvy folk less tailored (laughs) curvy folk
1: curvy but uh yeah and I just remember thinking oh my god I want to grow up and be just like her yeah and wear those suits right and of course later when I had to purchase some suits for a different job I had that in the back of my mind just you know I really did I just remember it. it was so simple and so elegant that I just wanted to be like that.
2: Well, and fast forward to the future, that happened, which is really cool.
0: Yeah, and so, and after 12 years in the music business, you decided to make the transition to television. What influenced that?
1: I really was ready for something else to do. Um, I had left, let's see, so it was in 2000, I think, and... Irving and his record company, um, you know, they were going through a transition and he was back involved with management as well. So, you know, he's, he's had some role in almost every single 70s and 80s band or artist that you can even think of. Um, you know, obviously from the Eagles and Don Henley, um, you know, Christina Aguilera, Seal, Tom Petty, Steely Dan, Um, Bob Skaggs I mean the list just goes on and on and on and on Um, so he was kind of transitioning through and I want to represent him well of course but I don't know you know this was a while back Um, and I just was at the point where I thought you know what Um, I'm not there kinda wasn't a place for me but he and and his wife Shelly as well both very loyal we're going to find a place for me, but I kind of thought, well, you know what, this might be a good time for me to go try to do something different. So I ended up leaving, um, and I went and worked at a dot com, and that was when all the dot coms were kind of bubbling up. And
2: Before they were dot bombs. Oh my God. Yeah. They
1: were, just, they were just crazy. So, of course, I went and did that because I'm like, ooh, stock options, I want that. So I went and worked with this entertainment-based dot-com with two guys that were also in the music industry and music managers and all the other stuff. And we went through the money in about 10 months. It was a very cool 10 months, and we had a great time. We worked really, really hard, but it never really got off the ground. And, of course, as the other many, many other dot-coms, as Lance said, dot-bombs, it just, you know, folded. So I was kind of left without a job. And uh, a friend of mine, who was working on a television show. It was just a really small budget show for Lifetime. Uh, I went and worked on a project with her for about a month. And then again, was out of work because that was just a, a quick deal. And I'd heard that uh, a new daytime talk show was gearing up. So um, kind I Kind of a went, self-help thing, right? Kind of a self-help thing, yeah, right.
2: right. Or so, advice to people who need... Life advice. Yeah. So, so you
0: you found this, you found this opportunity with this self help, with with the self help talk show. And how did that opportunity flush itself out and come to be?
1: Well, um, I had heard that they were hiring associate producers. And so, through somebody I knew, they got me an interview. I went in there and I just sold myself. I mean, I just was like, I've got to have this job. I really wanted this job. And I, I, um, well, Did't have any te- I mean it really didn't have any television background other than the show I just finished, right? right? And to be really honest, I think they might have been a little skeptical about whether or not, because of my background, didn't really match you know what they were looking for. Um, but this friend of mine had some influence and said, just you know give her a shot. And so they did. And I was a associate producer, I think, for a year before being promoted to producer. And then I did that for four years. Um, And it was amazing. I mean, it was an amazing experience. It was incredibly stressful. I mean, anybody who's worked in daytime talk or, you know, television period, you know, I mean, it's nights, it's weekends, it's 30 days without a day off. I mean, it's, you know, it's stress. Um, So I did that for about five years and really amazing experiences. But at a certain point, I kind of thought, you know what, I need to have a life um, it's time for me to move on. And it was the perfect time for me to pack it up and move on back to Austin.
0: So, um, so talk about that because, you know, making a transition and moving to a city, it's one thing to do it when you're 24 or 25. It's one thing to do it when you're past 25. How was that experience moving in, you know, moving back to Austin for you?
1: It was great. And I'll tell you why it was because I was ready And for so many years before that, I always knew I wanted to end up back in Austin. You know, I'm from here. I grew up here. My family's here. And I always knew I wanted to come back. I never thought I'd be out in L.A. for as long as I was. I mean, I was out there for a total of 19 years. Um, And I really, you know, every so often I would go through this. As you well know, Lance, I would go through this. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe I should move back to Austin. But I didn't know it. Right.
0: When did you know it though? Intuitively. When was that moment?
1: I think it was probably my last year, last year working in production. Okay. You know, cause I thought I truly, I looked around the room and I noticed, you know, there were nine producers on this particular show and no one was married. No one was in a relationship. I think one girl was divorced and had a child and I got to thinking, you know, well of course, because every date I have, I have to cancel My friends have stopped calling me because I can never go out to dinner. I can never go out to lunch. I'm always at work. And I thought that's not the life that I want. Um, In fact,
2: let me jump in here. I remember when you were working there, and I was already had returned to Austin to start my career endeavors here. And I knew that on a Sunday night, I could find you. I'd call you at the Paramount lot. You would be there. You'd still be working at 9 o'clock on Sunday night. So I knew for sure that you had reached sort of that point of this isn't right. This isn't the way life should be. You know, you earn good money. Your name is on the screen. You're having these awesome experiences. But, you know, it's kind of a trade-off. And I think a lot of people experience that.
1: It's a total trade-off for sure. And, um, you know, the thing that started to really get to me was the friends I wasn't seeing. And my friendships are very, very important to me. They always have been. The people that are in my life have been in my life for decades. Um, And I missed it. I missed that. I missed my friends here. I missed my friends there. And I was there.
0: So in missing all of that, how did you see, you know, working 90-hour weeks and not having, you know, a day off out of 30 days? How did you notice your own personal style changed during that time when you had a lack of time for yourself?
1: I bought a lot of Juicy Sweats. Comfy
0: clothes.
1: Uh, it's a juicy sweat. <laughs> With that, literally, I had 10 different colors of juicy sweats, and that's what I wore to work. Hair up, hair wet, up in a ponytail, it no didn't makeup. Matter. Who it cares? Didn't, I didn't have time.
0: Right. and And I think that's one thing people don't realize in television. I think people perceive that everyone in television is glamorously dressed and put together, whether they're in front of or behind the camera. And it's really interesting that you bring that up
1: we on show days so when we had our so we had nine producing teams and so if it was my time or my week to um you know shoot one of the shows we had to wear a suit or something nice okay okay um but every other day jeans sweats shorts workout gear every now and then we'd leave and go work out at the paramount lot gym and come back to work for the next six more hours um, TV is hard yeah, work. I, tell I mean, you, it's, it's blue it collar is. work.
2: It is hard, hard, hard. It's hard
1: work, and you just don't have time. And you don't. At a certain point, you're so tired. You're like, I don't care. I mean, I you know, I don't care if I look like Alice Cooper with black mascara from last <laughs> night rolling down my face, um, because you just don't care. You're too tired. You're just too so,
0: tired. So really, having the work life lack of a work life balance really did impact your style. So it sounds like it wasn't necessarily. You from a, you know, putting yourself out into the world perspective. Right. Yeah. Right. And yeah, that's so when you moved back and you made the jump and you moved back here to Texas, what was it like style-wise, you know, how was it different style-wise between Los Angeles and Texas at the time?
1: Good question, because... Um...
2: Color. Color? The... the cue is color well people wear color here as opposed to la it's mostly all black well
1: i you know i didn't really find that necessarily i will say that my last few years out there okay a little personal detail about me we're going there folks yep i really i love shoes Okay, I love shoes. I'm a shoe freak. That's not a personal detail. That's a public detail. Everyone already knows that. Everybody knows that. But what they don't know is that for many, many years, I would not wear open-toed shoes because I didn't like my big toe. Turbo toe, Fred Flintstone toe, cherry on a stick toe, lots of nicknames for the toe. Okay. Now I'm very proud of the toe because it would take a bullet for either one of (laughs) y'all. Thank you. And by it, I mean either one on either foot. Um, And I just finally was like, oh, who cares, right? I'm going to wear open-toed shoes. And that, lit- what was that, 15 years ago? That was a
2: while back, yeah. Yeah. And no one but noticed But I was still, toes. like I was
1: in my 30s when I decided, like, screw it, I'm going to wear open-toed shoes. Well, I think a lot so of people... So that kind have... of became my driving. Yeah. That kind of drove my style, to be honest with you. So jeans were... No- I never wore jeans with flats. I never wore jeans with sandals. I never wore, you know, I always had a nice pair of long jeans with a really nice pair of shoes. And that kind of became my signature style. And I I kind of just picked that up when I got into wearing shoes. It opened up a whole new world for me, to be honest.
0: You know, it's interesting that it's almost like in a way, from what I'm hearing you say, you, you chose a style that was unique to you. And I think most people, when they think back to the music industry and your time there... It's all about individual style because each of those musicians has such a unique style and a very unique point of view. It's interesting that you brought those experiences. It sounds like a lot from, from, your, time in, from your time in the music industry back here to Austin. Would that be correct?
1: I would say so. And, I, and I'll say that, you know, like you said, I mean, these artists and, and, you know, musicians and, you know, they all have their own style. Some style is no style. Or, or having, if that didn't make sense, mm-hmm. but like maybe having, like you might look at somebody and think, well, that's not much style there, but there is. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So it's like everybody has their own style and it really kind of came down to, for me in LA and maybe, you know, because I think when people think of California, they think of Los Angeles, they think of, you know, makeup and hair and designer clothes. Camera ready. And constantly camera ready. And you, you, you know, uh, mentioned that a little while ago but the reality of it is is that everybody has their unique style right and you can look at a at a musician who's wearing ratty jeans and long hair or you know a t-shirt with a hole in it well that's their style and they're comfortable and that's great and it works for them right so you just got to find that style where you feel comfortable you feel like yourself and go with it and I think I kind of shied away a lot because I would see the other side of it out there you know I would see and I've never been that person um, to be perfectly put together right and there are those women and their makeup is perfect all the time their hair is perfect all the time I, I admire them because I have no idea how they have a time to do it and be the patience to do it but They have an outfit for everything. They have an outfit for going to sit outside in the lawn chair. They have an outfit for, you know, I'm not that person. I've never been comfortable being that person. Um, And I really think that that's the key to pull off any kind of style that you want is that it's it's you and you're comfortable
0: in it.
2: Confidence.
1: Yeah.
0: And a point of view. Each individual's point of view really does come through Mm -hmm. in the way that they do dress. Yeah. Right
1: and I mean you know when I when I um it's kind of funny because at at work people would well for a while we weren't able to wear jeans we had a different CEO than we have than we have now I worked at Make-A-Wish and um our CEO did not want us wearing jeans I thought well what in the world am I going to wear and I was like well I have to wear jeans so I would wear dark jeans really nice shoes and a fun top you're sneaky well but to me you know that's dressy for austin you know you talk about austin style austin is so casual i think it's so much more casual than la to be honest i mean you know you've got yeah people in shorts in the winter with their flip-flops um I mean, it's just a really casual, casual city, and I sometimes feel a little overdressed if I'm in heels and jeans, but that's kind of where I feel comfortable. Well,
0: it's interesting that you bring up, you know, when you started Make-A-Wish with the CEO, when you would dress in dark denim jeans, did the CEO or anyone ever pull you aside and say, that's not appropriate?
1: No one did. I mean, all the other staff members would laugh at me going, there's Jill wearing her jeans again. I'm like, they're dark. I've got nice shoes. Dark wash. It's the shoes.
0: So, but it sounds like you really wore something that was authentic and true to yourself that allowed you to be more comfortable and you pulled it off with such confidence that no one would challenge it because it looked really professional and it looked really polished. It didn't necessarily matter that it was a, you know, a nice, a nice slack. It was a nice pair, a nice denim.
1: Right, right, right. Absolutely.
0: And, um, in your time there. Um, how has your style evolved? And cause you've been there for quite a while now.
1: I have, um,
2: tell us what you're
0: doing there now, Jill.
1: Well, I'm the chief communications officer for Make-A-Wish Central in South Texas. So, you know, if I go out to meetings or I have, uh, we have donors or board members coming in the office, I'll, I'll take it up a notch. Um, but I really do. It's kind of funny because as I was in high school, even college, and probably 10 or so years, even maybe 20 years after that, I never really thought I had a style, right? So I would go shopping and I would see a dress and I'd go, that looks like Linda. Or, oh my gosh, that jacket looks like Lance. Um, you know, or that shirt looks like Carrie. I mean, I could could identify style. I could identify style with all my friends, but just not my own. So Hmm. I could never really kind of think, what is my style? But I think that that has definitely evolved over the years. And I am, I I, I think now it's like, you know, I think my style is very simple. I think it's classic. Um, So I don't think it evolves much anymore. Um, So again, if I'm meeting with a donor or whatever the case may be, you know, a nice pair of crop pants a nice pair of shoes, nice top. I'm into solid colors. I like bright colors. I like dark colors. I like blacks. I like whites. I mean, you know, the whole thing, but it's, it's, I think it's a pretty consistent style.
0: So that's interesting. So you were saying that you really found your sense of style when you came back here to Austin. When was the moment you realized this is me? This is my style.
1: Well, I think I started it in LA. Okay. Okay, with kind of what I consider my signature jeans and nice shoes.
0: So, a base, basically. So, that would, right. would be what most people would call their base style.
1: Right. When I came to Austin and I had to start dressing for work and not being able to wear jeans as an option, I had to kind of go, okay, now what am I going to wear? Right. So I kind of fell into the whole crop pants with really kind of tall spiked heels. I love that look. Um, And I stuck with it.
0: That's great. And style is knowing who you are. And, you know, every time I see you in jeans and heels, it is so you. And it really is a signature look. And it just feels very naturally and organically you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. So... If you were to, if you were to say in one word to somebody what style is, not necessarily to you, but what style is, what is what does style mean in one word?
1: Confidence.
0: That's the perfect word and the way you can carry yourself. Jill, you have been a superstar guest. Um, if you had one piece of advice for our listeners from a style perspective before we go, what would that be?
1: Find something that makes you feel good, makes you confident, makes you comfortable, and stick with it.
0: That is the perfect way to to conclude our to conclude our show today.
2: Sure is, Jill. You've been a lot of fun to have on here. We so appreciate your time, and your essence, and making the world a better place well, and a funnier place. You. That's for darn sure.
1: Uh, well, y'all are the best. I've had a great time. Good. Thank
0: you.
2: We'll see you out on the
0: dance floor. Okay. Okay. Well, come thank on you. in Vogue. That's right. And Vogue. And thank you everybody for joining us today. Thanks and remember, to everyone. And remember, at, with success, with style. Style is a point of view. Have a great evening.
2: Bye, thank y'all. You.